Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of RISE Radio. I'm your host, Eileen McDonald, the Editorial Director of RISE. My guests today are Liz Haynes, Director of Risk Adjustment and STARS for Government Programs at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City, and Melissa Smith, Executive Vice President of Consulting and Professional Services at HealthMind. Melissa is well known in the industry as a thought leader and healthcare strategist with proven success developing enterprise-wide solutions to improve star ratings. And Liz is responsible for provider engagement and the operations oversight strategic direction of risk adjustment and star functions for Blue KC's Medicare Advantage Advantage Health Plans. Um, I'm excited to have them today because they'll be presenting the opening keynote address on a holistic approach to raising star ratings at RISE's upcoming 12th annual Star Ratings Masterclass, which is going to be held on Tuesday, December 14th at the Manchester Grand Hyatt in San Diego. And I thank you both for joining me today to talk about this timely topic. Earlier this month, for those who... um, just need some background information. CMS released the 2022 star ratings for Medicare Advantage and Medicare Part D prescription drug plans. And many plans saw an increase in their ratings. Um, I've been reading and a lot of accounts describe it as historic and unprecedented. 74 MA plans are celebrating the fact that they earned five stars. And that compares to last year, 2021, when only 21 plans got the, got the rating. And I think close to 70% of all MA plans have received four or more stars. And that means in 2022, 90% of MA members will be in plans with more than four stars or higher compared to 77% for 2021. So Melissa, I thought I'd start with you. What do you account for the overall higher ratings? And I mean, really have health plans improved that much? Are five stars actually easier to achieve now? Any thoughts on the status? Oh man, Eileen, that's such a good question. And those ratings are so difficult to interpret this year compared to past years because of the COVID relief that CMS incorporated into this year's technical structure of the program. You know, there's there's um, a high temptation to believe everything is really that good. But the truth is that the math really doesn't bear that out when you look a layer underneath that surface level data that you just shared. On average, our plan partners use the COVID better of relief, allowing them to look a year back to their strong performance. On average, six on six measures out of 38. So if you imagine the mathematical latitude that that offered plans, we definitely have a layer of COVID cushion, I'm gonna call it, that has made those ratings look high really bolstered the attitude and the energy and the excitement of those high performers. Um, And it really wasn't, we really are not seeing in the actual measure rates uh, the kind of improvement that those ratings would would suggest we have. So it's an an interesting sort of a weird year, Eileen, on, on balancing the real reality that we've got struggles on the ground with these really strong ratings that look stellar across the national level. Liz, what do you think? You're, you're on the plan side. How, how would you interpret that from the inside? It's easy for me as an outsider to say that, but what does it feel like on the inside? Yeah, I think as a, as a team internally, we looked at that as well, Melissa, and 
um, it has been something that weighs on the quality and stars team mind, right? Because you always want to be the leader. You always want to have this year's rates better than everyone else. Uh, however, you did achieve that performance. And when I take a step back and I think about how COVID really did impact your overall strategy, uh, I think fundamentally plans had to balance. Do you push quality screenings? Do you push quality um, chronic condition management when there were so many uncertainties with COVID last year at this time? It was a genuine struggle internally doing what's best for your member panel and then doing what's best for the comprehensive quality that you want them to have. So I think as, as the year progressed, you plans got to be a little bit more aggressive because fundamentally things were lightening up restrictions. I know in the Kansas City area, we had a shelter in place order until almost the beginning of June. So we had about three months where we were not able to do things um, with our membership and then slowly venturing out and uh, allowing our members or helping support the guidance and driving members in for things like cancer screenings, things along that nature. So to sum it up, yes, we absolutely struggled with that because we look at it and, and everyone who's in this business wants to be the best all the time. And, and, we did get the benefit of the relief, but we had programs in place in order to get to where we were. We just had the ability to leverage that. So I give my team a, a little bit of, I help to give them a little bit of relief to say, guys, you did, you did achieve this, right? It, it might not have been this year because of COVID, but you, it was something that was achieved at our plan level. Well, Liz, speaking of Blue KC, your Medicare Advantage plans, I think, did do very well, right? The PPO plan, I think, got a four-star rating, and the HML plans with a 4.5. And certainly, um, that is a reason to celebrate. Um, and you talked about those things that the, the your team did. Is there anything in specific that you can point to as to what you think were the reason for those high marks? So uh, Melissa will uh, really like this because I joined Blue about three years ago and uh, one of the things that we did, we had essentially three different strategies, right? You've got to make your incentives right so that your partnership with the providers can be uh, valuable, right? Uh, they have reason to interact with you and you, they have, they understand that you as a plan have really high expectations of them and their care of your members who happen to also be their patients, right? Um, and then we changed the focus on the member as you had to, so you got the provider part covered <clears throat> to, to really support, but then we changed the focus to the member in early 2020. And so we were positioned very well to be successful with um, a broad strategy and with member engagement. And um, obviously COVID put a bit of a damper on that. And we've recently, we had to pivot, right? And do things virtually. And I, I think ultimately our member strategy that came even a little bit before the CAPS element uh, changed so much that I, I really believe it's becoming a partner in healthcare and not just being a payer. You're right, Liz, I love that. You're the, what Liz just said is so important to the sustainable success 
of strong, highly rated plans. With the, you know, what Liz just described is really insurers being true partners to physicians and taking away that sort of layer of, um, of uh, more comfortable lingo of provider and health plan, but getting real. We're the insurer and we are dealing with pro uh, physicians and patients as partners in care and the source of funding. It's no doubt, Liz, why you've been so successful is by embracing that role and not ha having the mistaken unclear roles, but rather just walking in the door openly being partners, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it being a clinician myself, it allowed me to to step on to the payer side and say, what do we need to, these are the things that we need to accomplish. Let's get out of the old roles of we are the payer, you are the provider and um, barking orders at each other, right? Let's have a conversation on how we can help our member, their patient navigate care. Or in, in other words, navigate healthcare through health insurance. Is that sort of what you were referring to in your upcoming keynote in December on the holistic approach to star ratings. I wondered if that's what you mean by that, that it's a, a partnership, so to speak. Yeah, so I, so I love that we're going to do this keynote with Liz as the owner of Stars and Risk Adjustment, because over the years, there's been this interesting separation or bifurcation of STARS activities from risk adjustment activities, really forgetting that we're dealing with single patients and single physicians, each of whom have their own challenges. When we look at a patient and we think about the buzzwords of social determinants of health, we see STARS teams tackling that different than risk adjustment teams when they're not integrated. We see providers doing the same thing. So we're going to focus in December on really moving past the mantra of caps, caps, caps into what does this really feel like to accurately, of course, code and see and treat a patient and doing it in a way that our cute little 80-year-old frail elders really appreciate us as their consumer chosen health insurance plan and their physician and we do the work that is important to us in a way that is seamless to them, makes sense to the patients, and again, moves past that buzzword of caps, 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 remember experience, and really does what Liz just described, which is truly live strong member experiences through the work we design and do in the health plan space. Liz, what are, what are, you, what are you looking forward to sharing with the group in December? Yeah, I, I think that's that really, uh, you've stated it very well, right? It, it describes exactly uh, my philosophy in how we should manage um, our our business, right, with our members. The, the, so I had the opportunity to take over risk adjustment in um, at the beginning of last year. And we uh, quickly rolled out with a risk programs team that did that. It, it focused on end-to-end -end comprehensive quality that includes documentation and coding. The intent of STARS, if you, right, you're looking at health outcomes, you're looking at partnerships so that we can um, push some of those things that we as a plan know that maybe the provider doesn't because they didn't get that note or whatever the reason is. And when you, when you do that, it, it, 
fixes the entire, in my, in my opinion, right, for the, for the 90, 10, 95, 5, it fixes the member comes in, establishes care, gets good comprehensive quality screenings, chronic conditions managed, and, um, and then develops that relationship. So when in future, um, in future interactions, then they go back to that primary care provider for guidance. I think, Melissa, um, in your last meeting, or the last conference we were at, one of the things that you shared about where you think STARS are going is really going to end up focusing on outcomes of health uh, different than what they are today. Things like discharges, ER visits, and that's really, if you pull back to the intent of STARS and risk adjustment, it organically solves for some of those things, at least for the majority, right? I, I can tell you we see it time after time when we um, pull members back into their provider offices or when the provider does, that appropriate utilization patterns then follow. Not always, you got but it. the majority of the time. You got it. You know, Eileen, I, I love that we're kind of thinking about this December event as early as we are. It's only October. If I go back in the last year or two or three years, and I imagine, were we already thinking ahead about events and conferences eight weeks out or 12 weeks out? We really didn't do much of that in the last couple of years because we didn't have to. There were very few program changes in star ratings, very few new measures, very few change measures. And quite frankly, right now, the volume of technical changes are simply overwhelming to most health plan staff. So as we kind of look ahead to, you know, even moving beyond the keynote, Eileen, into the sessions at the December event, we're, I'm personally really excited about several things. I'm super excited for all of our partners and stakeholders and folks that are struggling with the nuts and bolts of the specific changes that are literally unprecedented in number to be able to sit with our colleagues. That's what RISE has always been since the founding of RISE has been sit in a room with people who show up because yes, they want to learn from their friends, but they also are willing to share true stories, not surface level tips and tricks or best practices that worked a couple years ago, but really sit in the RISE audience and truly speak from the real world of what's working, what's not, what's a struggle. And, and there's a lot more open vibe as we embrace this huge volume of change that I, I think we're going to see throughout um, you know, both the keynote and the um, sessions this fall to really help plans you know, live, their, live their own reality. I was telling a friend yesterday, he was asking um, what I was excited about for um, the RISE event. Um, longtime RISE board member called and said, what, what's, your, what's your thought going into RISE December? And my answer was for plants, it's going to be, how do I walk in the door and know my corporate culture, my model of provider payment, my model of technology versus high-touch care management, my budget, my appetite for collaboration? How do I sit in that room and live the sort of you-do-you model? of it's not about yesterday's best practice on OMW or how did I block and tackle a bunch more eye exams. It's going to be sitting in that room and saying, how do I take the 50 changes on the horizon and make it meaningful to my plan with my reality, learning from folks like Liz who are willing to be open and share and folks like Liz's colleagues that are showing up and um, going to be willing to share. So we're really excited about a true return to the rise roots of good sharing and um, 
learning at a deeper level than we've seen in the last couple of years. You know, you mentioned those 50 changes and just even hearing it, and I'm not in the weeds doing that kind of work. I'm just reporting on it. Um, for those who are really just overwhelmed by the whole tackle of it, is there anything in specific that you would recommend going into new measures that might be taking effect in January and what they should be doing to prepare now, not resting on their laurels of their high rating that they just were announced, but now you've got to get into the continuing that and maintaining it. That's a great question. So Eileen, I'm going to pitch this one over to Liz. You're living, you're living in the trenches. Can you share your thoughts as an insider? And then I'll share my thoughts as a plan partner. Yeah, so oh, that's a big question, right? There, there are so many things. Uh, the good news is, is as, as a plan, you are, at least most plans, I've, I've not sat with anyone individually and not heard this, you're moving down a path of holistic, right, end to end, and STARS kind of plucks out those areas where you need improvement, uh, in my eyes, right? It tells you, to me, I've always seen STARS as CMS telling us what's wrong within the industry, right? Clearly, when with the changes in caps, something is really wrong with the member experience. Something is wrong with the way in which a member engages with their plan or their providers. Otherwise, why would CMS put so much of an emphasis on it? So while you may not experience it at your plan, it's a good time to reflect because somehow, some way, obviously through the CAP survey, but CMS is getting that feedback and that they're going to have to change um, something in order to make sure that long-term it's easier to engage with plans. Okay, so back to the real question of the 50 changes. <laughs> we're taking, right, we're looking at it. We're looking at what are our performance, how do we measure it internally, what stakeholders need to be involved, and, um, and then developing a tracking mechanism so that we can hold them accountable. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll add a couple of thoughts to that um, in, in my role. So a lot of you guys um, listening to this know that we've worked with um, about a third of the, the star-rated plans in MA, literally hand in glove. Like our, our work is truly embedded into our, our plan partners' experiences. We've been, we've been really a safe, comfortable voice for our plan partners as we embrace these 50 changes. It's really okay to admit what you don't know. These changes are all different. Again, and, and we went through, when I, I casually use the term 50 changes. It might not be 50. It, it might be, you know, a little less than 50, but it feels like, it feels like 500 in full transfer. I was going to say, Melissa, I didn't count 50. I was starting to get a little bit of my blood pressure. <laughs> oh, Lord, I didn't think of 50. Okay, maybe not 50, but to the guidance. maybe not 50 yet, but I got a couple other like really, really thought leading things to, to add to this conversation before we wrap <laughs> up. Um, but, you know, we went through years where there were literally maybe one or two or three tiny changes in stars. And when those years happened, we had an inordinate amount of minutes, hours, days spent on individual tiny changes. And now we've got so many changes, pick your number, we've got so many changes. But I, I think what we've really seen folks um, in Liz's roles and others do is admit, we have a lot of people who need more foundational education in areas that did not matter as much in the past. So like Liz said, transitions of care, like all of a sudden, of course it's always been an issue. 
Now we need people to be comfortable slowing their role and saying, I don't know the vernacular you're using. I don't know what we're after. And that can be hard to really do when you're working stars off the side of your desk or trying to spit it in at night. You say, I'll, I'll research that technical information, you know, while I'm sitting in my home office and my dog's barking and my kid's over my shoulder. That stuff just doesn't happen. So I would say the best way of where we're seeing people admittedly cope with these changes is slowing their role going back to the way we treated stars when stars first came out of the demo in like 2011 and saying, I don't understand measure X. Somebody please teach me measure X. And then taking the time to learn the internal organizational approach to solving measure X and diagnosing the problems and fixing the problems. It's just been a much more open um, environment of learning that I think we're going to see play out in the December Rise event where people show up and they take a pause, step out of their day jobs, and let themselves listen and admit what they don't know and learn, just really, truly learn um, in areas that are new. Again, we didn't have to do that the last couple of years. We just didn't have enough changes. So we had a lot of folks that showed up at conferences and they'd be like, oh, I'm going to listen close for how to get OMW blocking tackled up or eye exams. And that's just not the environment we're in. We're, we're in an environment where people are really learning deeply, which is super exciting. So it almost sounds to me, if, if, I'm, if I'm hearing you both correctly, that with all these changes and really getting to the root of going back to the basics of STARS, is that almost it sounds like CMS is course correcting, right? In that, so to really make plans improve their quality so that we might see even for those organizations that don't necessarily go back and slow their role, so to speak, that they might see lower rates next year? Is that oversimplifying it? I don't think that's oversimplifying at all. You know, <laughs> um, we, so those of us who are kind of like on the inside baseball track of Medicare Advantage, which you'll probably laugh when I say this, on the inside baseball track of Medicare Advantage star ratings, that's really been the worry since these super high ratings came out is we've got all sorts of C-suite leaders that don't go to conferences. They send their people, like, like, like Liz and me, they send their people, let us go educate, share, learn. And they just kind of sit and say, okay, either my rating's poor and I need you to do more and I'm going to invest in you, or my rating's great and go learn what you can. There's a really big uh, blossoming concern that there is going to be less attention on stars and all these changes because the ratings were so high and then we're going to see a strong dip down. There's um, very little debate on whether we're going to see the dip. It's just going to be how low does the dip go and who is the dip. Liz, are you feeling the same way on the inside of the plan space? Absolutely. As someone who is communicating to the C-suite, right, on our star performance, while it is a phenomenal position to be in, you can't let your foot off the accelerator. We still have to invest in programs. We still have to make sure that members, um, the way in which we interact with them is is easy, right? It has to be easy to work with us. It has to be easy to understand healthcare when it's not, it, it's just not, it's complex. We're all SMEs and um, there's a general struggle even within um, the SMEs, right? How do you navigate healthcare? How do you uh, use your insurance? Nobody wants to use insurance, right? And then you get into Medicare Advantage and now all of a sudden we are a really strong partner in healthcare. So I, I suspect not uh, not Medicare Advantage related, but I suspect that we're moving the industry 
uh, across the board because as stars leaders in our plans we're coming and presenting outcomes to our our c-suite who is then saying hmm, how can we apply that in our other business well it's encouraging then so in the long run even though i know it's a lot of hard work that ultimately if people if organizations do this right quality will improve right members patients will have better experiences with providers in a setting with their insurer that ultimately we're all heading in the right direction despite the dip that we might see. Indeed. Tackling hard problems is why CMS lets us in Medicare Advantage voluntarily submit our bid to contract every year. They voluntarily allow us to self-select out those of us who have an, a, a, a contracting department that submits the bid, we're signing up for this work. You, for most of us, this work finds us, I mean. And, and you know, we, we're, we've generally not found a job that we enjoy, but more so the work has found us and that fuels us to do this work every day at our, again, voluntary approach by submitting our bid to contract with CMS. I, I wanna thank you both for taking the time. I'm excited for your presentation in December. Um, before um, we sign off, I wondered if either of you have any final thoughts, anything to share before um, we say goodbye. what do you think, Liz? What's, what's top on your mind as we head into December? Okay, so as we head into December, I hate Q4 pushes. Uh, everyone, who gets to work with me knows that I hate them because that means that you didn't plan very well throughout the year, right? Um, but the nature of this year forced in, forced us into a Q4 push. Um, so I'm thinking, reading the landscape, looking at our current performance, making sure that what we've done uh, is is the very best that we could do, right? And um, also kind of monitoring what your some of your competitors or those others in the industry um, are doing and ensuring that we can walk away from this year and say we did absolutely everything that we uh, could do in order to be a good partner and achieve high star ratings. I couldn't agree more with what Liz just said. Um, really, really well said. You know, the, the, the last thoughts I have, you know, is, is we've, we've had a really exciting week in the CMS front. Um, Administrator Brooks Lesher has come out with her, you know, five-point plan for um, both Medicare, Medicaid, and ACA plans. We've got a serious move and commitment in the immediate term, not just to the, the STARS changes in Medicare, but also to health equity, digital quality measurement. You know, those big things that we're going to need a trusted group of colleagues to really solve for in a modern way. We're just really excited for, for seeing our friends and colleagues in December, really um, learning from each other and um, using our time together this quarter, truly changing, as Liz said, truly changing Medicare, truly changing the industry and, and using this time wisely, not just chasing, you know, numerator hits this fall. So. Um, we're excited. Eileen, we're, we're excited to be your partner. We're always excited to be in, in the RISE room and um, can't wait for December. Me too. Thank you both for your time.